Hello and welcome to the Treasures of Destiny podcast. We trust that you're well kept of the Lord. Thank you for choosing to join us as we interact with God's Word. Stay tuned. Jesus is now confronted with another crisis of diminished resources and he places faith in God for him to be able to uh, work with the little resources in order to meet the need of feeding the people. And God supernaturally provides. And it's important principle that we learn from him in this crisis that, you know, the question he asks is, what do you have? And so in no matter the crisis you find yourself in, that's an important question to ask ourselves that because God keeps asking us that question, what do you have? God will work with what you have uh, to meet the enormous need that may look like it's insurmountable. God is not limited because of diminished resources. Uh, the issue is this, do people need to get fed? Yes, they do. God will ensure when we place our faith in him that he provides the necessary resources to meet the need available. And so we must place our faith in God and we should not look at our diminished resources uh, to determine the course of action. You know, uh, we start with what we have. What do you have? Jesus was given, uh, you know, uh, in what he has in verse, in verse uh, uh, 17, he was given five loaves and two fish. That's what they had. And Jesus takes the five loaves and two fish and blesses and gives thanks for these five loaves and two fish. A great attitude. And I think it's important for us to learn to be grateful and to have a great attitude even when these resources are little. To understand that God is able with few and with much. God is able to multiply that which we have. I'm reminded of uh, the four lepers who, uh, you know, when they began to march, we say, if we stay here, we will die. They began to march uh, or walk. Let me use even the phrase walk because they were not really marching because they were weak and feeble. They had not eaten for long. So when they began to walk, their small steps, God amplified them and the enemy had those steps as though it is a mighty army that was coming. God will amplify the small step of faith you take. God will amplify the small step you take uh, towards uh, the destiny and the place God is telling you to go to. God will use and work with the small resources you have. Even in this season, uh, do not despise the diminished resource that you have. Do not despise what is left. I remember in the church, in one of the churches in uh, Revelation, the seven churches that Jesus writes to, one of the churches, he tells them uh, this thing. He tells them, uh, strengthen what remains. Because there is always something God can begin to work with. You may have lost much, but what is left, God can work with it. Strengthen what remains. You know, uh, don't despise that little resource that God has uh, allowed you to remain with. You may have lost A, B, C, but then whatever is left, 
God will work with it to restore, to multiply, and to meet the need uh, that is there before you. And so Jesus understood that. And so he was not intimidated by the size of the problem or crisis. He placed his faith in God to be able to meet that crisis using the resources that were available. God is able to do much more. The Bible says exceedingly abundantly above. You know what you think, what you ask, think or imagine. So in other words, there is a baseline where God begins. You know, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above the limited resources that you think you have. And that's a lesson that we learned from Jesus. He wasn't intimidated by the size of the problem. He looked up to God uh, despite the size of the problem. Now, he's done with this crisis and you would think God will give him rest. You know, he's come from mourning. He wasn't given opportunity to rest. Uh, people bombarded him with their issues. He ministered to them. And, you know, you remember when the woman with the issue of blood touched him and he says, virtue has left me. That's actually what happens when you minister. You know, if you've been involved in ministry, you will begin to realize that when people place demand on you, it's literally like virtue has left. Uh, that's why we normally say preaching is not like lecturing because the difference is Lecturing is giving information. Ministering, whether you are preaching or you are singing, you need to understand that ministry is uh, impartation. So there is virtue that leaves you. And that virtue, when it leaves you, you begin to feel, I mean, when you are done, that's when, you know, you, you feel finished. You feel like, you know, you've, uh, you, you have nothing left. You need to, uh, you know, refuel, you know, replenish. Because virtue has left. And that's why it's important that uh, as a minister, you find, you, you constantly uh, rewater yourself. You constantly uh, refuel yourself. You constantly, that's why as a minister, you need to keep uh, in the presence of God. Uh, whatever in kind of ministry God has given you, you need to keep at a place where you are refilled, you know, uh, by the Spirit of God. Uh, God continues to pour into you. As you pour out, you need to allow God to pour in. That's important. You need to keep allowing God to pour in as you pour out. Otherwise, you will find yourself running on empty, you know, uh, when this virtue keeps flowing. And, you know, people don't know that virtue has left you. The more you impart, people will continue to demand and uh, virtue will be flowing from you. And now when you are running on empty, you know, people will come and they will demand, but then there is nothing left for you to give. And you can find yourself getting into a state of depression. And that's why we have seen some ministers quit because uh, they realized that the demand is there, but they have nothing else to give. They have given all there is to give and there is nothing else to give. So that's why as a minister, you have to train yourself to continue with this uh, cycle of refueling, refilling, 
you know, replenishing yourself in the presence of God. So those disciplines of reading the word, the disciplines of prayer, the disciplines of uh, just pursuing God, encountering God, are critical to every person, whatever area of ministry that you are involved in. Uh, even in the marketplace, when you go there with a mindset of ministry, you need to realize that virtue flows. And so you need to keep refueling. Because again, as you step out, uh, you meet and encounter all manner of crisis. Life will present to you different crises. We go through crises. You know, life is full of crises. When you have solved one, another one will come. So the fact that you have dealt with a crisis and it's gone, don't imagine that that's the end of crisis in your life. You know, as you grow, the crisis increases. As you grow, you probably begin to handle bigger problems and bigger challenges, you know. And so as you grow big, what happens is that you begin to encounter bigger problems and bigger challenges and, you know, big, uh, greater demands are placed on your life. And that's what Jesus was dealing with. Demands were being placed on his life, uh, you know, from one crisis to another. So after he feeds the 5,000, he meets the crisis of diminished resources uh, and he meets it with faith in God and God provides. Then he assigns his disciples and he tells them, you know, to go, uh, you know, uh, to, to the other side. And so in verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. You know, again, you see a, a, a leader here. He's uh, provide. He he sends his disciples to go into the boat, and he remains to uh, release the crowd so that they can go home. And, and and you know, I'm sure even when he remains to release the crowd, there is still ministry going on. There are people who want to call him aside and share with him uh, their issue, their problem, their struggle, and he's still ministering. So. Him remaining behind was not just sending the people away. He was still ministering. That's why he remained behind. And he sends his disciples into the boat to go to the next assignment. Now, he had the next assignment in mind while he's dealing with the current assignment. You know, and so he sends his disciples to go ahead of him into the next assignment. As his disciples go and he is left behind, uh, you know, releasing and dealing with the last man. You know, and he's releasing these people. They are gone. And now Jesus, you know, uh, before he takes, you know, he rests. Because I'm sure he also wanted time with himself. Remember, he never had that uh, from the moment John died. And he had withdrawn to go by himself. So he has not had this opportunity. So I'm sure he also led the disciples away. So that when he sends everybody away, he will have a moment by himself and for himself. But then... You know, he discerns that the disciples are in another crisis. The boat is, uh, you know, there is a storm raging in the sea. Uh, these guys are going to capsize. And so instead of resting, Jesus now goes to meet the disciples so that he can help them in the crisis that they are in. You know, uh, and, and that tells me something else. It tells me that uh, 
on one hand, Jesus was sensitive uh, to be able, of course he was God, but sometimes when you look at it from that perspective, we miss the point. Jesus also came to be an example to us, you know, and as an example of how things should be done, of how we minister, of how we do ministry. Uh, one of the qualities that is extremely important is that as we stay in the presence of God and what I said earlier, practice the culture of refilling, uh, being ref uh, refilled with the Spirit, refueled, you know, uh, water yourself in the Word of God. Uh, when we practice that, we sharpen our discernment. And so, although Jesus had sent his disciples ahead of him, uh, he discerned that they were in another crisis. So it tells me something. Ministry has something to do with self-sacrifice. So he had to sacrifice again. He had to deny himself at this point. He needed rest. He needed a break. But then he had to go and help his disciples in the sea. So he goes to help them. And so the Bible says, uh, when he comes to them, he uh, it says, um, let me read verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, uh, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Now, have you ever come to a situation where God has sent you to minister to people, but they confuse you to, with a ghost? Because that's what happens. Jesus comes to minister to these guys and help them in their problem. And they, are, they confuse him with a ghost. In other words, he is misunderstood. You know, so... You know, you may not look at that. If you look at it keenly, you know, uh, you, you begin to see uh, these guys, while they were genuine in their fear, you know, uh, you know, they misunderstood their own uh, master coming to their aid. They have already seen the miraculous in Jesus' life. But none of them could discern that this was Christ coming to help. They misunderstood him. And sometimes that's another form of crisis where the people you care about misunderstand you. You know, uh, they misunderstand your intentions. They mis you are coming to help, but they misunderstand your, in your intentions. It's another form of crisis. Uh, you know, people can be interesting. You want to help, but they misunderstand your intentions. And that happens. And so they thought he was a ghost. Did Jesus get mad? No, he didn't. You know, what did he do? He encourages them and reassures them. So it's not about him. And, 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 uh, and that's important. That it's not about him. And as a leader, as a person in ministry, as God... And all of us, I'm speaking to all of us in this fashion because all of us are called by God as a sent community. And so we must learn to never make things about us. We must learn to 
uh, go out of our way, even when we are misunderstood, to reassure people that, you know, uh, it's not what you think. You know, uh, I'm sent by God. That, you know, I have the, uh, I'm here to help. You know, so he says to them, uh, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, so he reassured them. He did not, uh, you know, say, you know, he did not uh, cause a tantrum because how can you misunderstand my intentions? How can you misunderstand? How can you mistake me? You know, no, no, no. It wasn't about him. He ministered to them by reassuring them. And then, of course, the Bible says, and uh, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, then command me to come uh, to you on the water. So you remember the story. Jesus tells him uh, to come. And the guy walks on the water and he drowns. I mean, he's, uh, he almost drowns. Jesus rescues him. And then the Bible says when he gets into the boat uh, with Peter, he commands uh, the storms. I mean, the, the wind immediately ceased uh, when he comes into uh, the boat with them. And then, you know, they have crossed over to the other side and uh, another situation arises when they get there. Uh, people hear that Jesus has come and they bring all manner of sick people uh, to him and uh, begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many touched, uh, as many touched uh, it, they were made perfectly well. The demand continued in his life. People kept pressing on him and placing demand on him uh, to minister to their situation. So he kept solving problems, healing the sick. That's a nature of solving problems and just ministering to the people that were in need. His life is in this chapter, you know, we are having a glimpse of the day of Jesus from morning to evening, you know, 24 hours kind of period. You know, this is a picture of 24 hours of his life. So can you imagine uh, his ministry was like this? Uh, because at some point in John, he says, you know, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day because the night is coming when no one can work. So Jesus was fully engaged in ministry. And he dealt with different kinds of crises throughout his ministry. In our journey in life, we will encounter crises. And, you know, the kind of crisis we will encounter is not one. We will have a, a myriad of challenges that we will encounter. We should never be afraid of challenges. But we need to draw lessons from the life of Jesus on how we can deal with challenges that come our way. Different approaches for different challenges. But one thing that we see in the life of Jesus is that no matter the challenge, he kept ministering to God's people despite the challenge no matter the challenge. He responded 
to the challenges uh, you know that were around him with faith with love you know with compassion he responded with the challenges around him with discernment you know so these are things we see uh, you know with a human face because he grieved like everybody would grieve you know so even god grieves he grieved for john uh, you know he prayed he uh, you know had an attitude of gratitude uh, despite diminished resources he worked with what he had you know uh, he uh, you know he responded with faith when he uh, multiplied the fish and the bread and when he uh, dealt with the storm in the sea thanks for listening to this message until next time god bless you